and it's really fun to speak to you today. Uh, I'm really glad you're here because today I get to speak about something which is pretty cool. So my, my title I got given was God is Good. How fun is that to be able to talk about God is Good? And um, yeah, I think when I was, I had a quick Google about God, um, God is Good and of course I came up with a thousand different, um, I feel really loud, am I really loud? Yeah, and there's so many worship songs that say God is good, so we sing it all the time. Um, you know, you're a good, good father, you are good, you are good, oh. We sing these all the time, but what, what does that mean? What does that actually mean? And if we really believed that God was good, how would our lives be different? So that's where I want to, to talk about today, where I want to come from. And... I don't know what type of week you've had, whether today you can stand or sit and say, yeah, God is good, my week's been great, or, yeah, actually, I'm not sure, because my week's been pretty awful. Um, being really, really honest, I've had a bit of an up and down week. You know, Monday was so easy for me to say God was good. I managed to sell my flat, which is quite fun, it's been on the market for La Trois. Um, so yeah, I was like, yes, God is good, Tuesday's a bit trickier. By Wednesday and Thursday and Friday, I said, wow, it's a lot harder to say God is good. It does sound like a Craig David song, sorry. Um, but yeah, things, things got more, a lot more difficult and um, some situations at work. But what does it mean to be able to say God is good in the, in the good times and in the tricky times? Because God is, he's God of my circumstances and he is good and he is faithful. So what I want to put to you today is God is good and he is better than you think. Mm. What we know about God changes the way we think. It changes what we believe. It changes how we see our circumstances, what we expect for our circumstances. It changes how we pray. And I believe that the, the revelation that God is good is foundational to how we view God, how we perceive God, how we, how we view our lives. And the, the goodness of God is to do with his character, it's his nature. And one of the best ways to see the nature and character of God is to look to Jesus. So Jesus came to the world to reveal the perfect representation of the Father. He came to reveal what a good dad looks like to a world of orphans. And what did, what did we see Jesus, Jesus doing in his life? We saw a life of signs and wonders, of miracles, um, healing, compassion, he loved the children, he loved the orphans, he loved the widows, he loved the people who were unlovable. So this is what the goodness of God looks like. The goodness of God is miraculous provision, it's the storms calmed, it's healing. It's the very nature of God and foundational to the way that we perceive God. So when we have the, this knowledge that God is good, Every time we hear a truth or we get a revelation of, of, of who God is, that's an invitation for us to, to step in and to experience that in a new level. And in, in Psalms, Psalms 34, 34 verse 8, it says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. And actually the word here that's used for see doesn't just mean to perceive, to see with your eyes, but it means to perceive with all of your senses. So actually what um, the author is saying is, is experience God, come and experience his goodness with all of your senses, with, with all of who you are. 
So this means it's something we can tangibly step into and, and see. And the way I like to, to think about it is like jumping into God's goodness, into the ocean of God's goodness. So it's actually all around us, all-consuming. So if I really believe that God is good and I experience that, that's my, that's my truth in my head and I've stepped into this encounter to experience that, then what does that mean? And I believe that God's goodness is for us, but God's goodness is to go from us. So number one, God's goodness is for us. If we believe that God is good, if I, if I really believe that, then I should be the most hopeful person. We should be the most hopeful people. Because if I have a good, good father who's providing for all my needs, who's going to defend me in every situation, who's going to have my back in every challenge, then what, why have I got any reason to fear? I should be looking into my circumstances, into my future with so much hope. So I'm not reacting to problems, but I'm responding in the knowledge of who I know my father is. So problems actually become a target for God's goodness. So that bill that needs paid, your rent that's due when you don't have the money, is, an, is, is a target for God's goodness in his provision. That sickness that you have that feels, feels a, a huge challenge to you is actually a target for God's goodness to be revealed in his healing. That relationship where you feel like there's no hope, no reconciliation, is actually a target for God's miraculous intervention to come in and change hearts. So we get to live expectant for solutions, looking for an encounter with God. And so we get to live in hope. And the word hope um, means to have a feeling of expectation and desire for something good to happen. It's a feeling of trust. And um, uh, a great uh, speaker, Steve Backland, says that hope is a confident expectation that good is coming. It's having this, this, this assurance that good things are coming my way. So we can live in hope with knowledge of that God, that God is good. So really, as Christians, as believers, um, as children of God, we should be the most hopeful, the most optimistic. We should be living expectant for good things. We're not living expectant for tragedy. We're living expectant for good things. Relying on God that he's going to provide in every situation. And our circumstances then become defined by the goodness of God. So I want to read a verse, um, another verse from Psalm. So this is a Psalm 27 written by King David. This is one of my favourite Psalms and I love, um, I love David because he's really honest in the Bible. So he, you know, in, sometimes in the Psalms he talks, you, you can see his frustration with God. You can see um, the, his, his joy with God. Like, He's, he's not afraid to express to God how he feels. And this psalm was written, highly like the scholars say, that was probably written right in the middle of David's life, when he was in the middle of trials, in the middle of hard times. You know, he might have been on the run for his life, he might have been hiding in a cave, he might have been fearful that he was about to die, about to be killed. He might even have been angry with God about his current circumstances. But yet in the middle of all those, in the middle of all those challenges, what, is, what does David say? He, he chooses to seek God, to seek his presence, and to see the goodness of God. And there's one verse I want to, to focus on, which is um, verse 13, which says, I'm still confident of this, that I will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. 
So in the in another version, actually, the verse says, I would have despaired unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. So that word despair means to be hopeless. So David is being really real here. He's saying that in the midst of his situation, he's very aware that actually without hope in God, he would be, be utterly in despair. His situation would be utterly hopeless. <coughs> But yet he knows that the nature of God, um, he knows the nature of God, he knows his goodness, and he chooses to declare his goodness over his situation. So that's our challenge, to be living in that position. To walk in faith of God's goodness now, knowing that we'll walk in sight of God's goodness later. And actually the, the translation of land of the living can be, can be interpreted two different ways. So, um, it, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, pop star. Um, so the, the land of the living, the interpretation, can be taken two different ways. So it can mean in the future. So when we get to heaven, when we're gone from here, our trials will be over. And we will get to live um, in in perfect, where everything is perfect and, and we're just living, worshipping God. But the land of the living can also be interpreted as now. Right now, in this moment, in this season. Because it actually says that we're seated in heavenly places now. So yes, the land of the living is heaven. But actually heaven is now. And we get to live in this expectation now that my circumstances can change because God is good. We can confidently expect this future glory. And again, looking at that, that verse that said, you know, I would have despaired unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Again, looking at the words that were used, because I love, I love studying the words and trying to find out what exactly the author was saying and what, what he was trying to communicate to us. And, and in that, the word believed means to be, to be faithful, to uphold, but it also means to nourish. So, so I believe he's saying that he would, you know, his situation would be hopeless unless he had fed himself on the truth that I would see good, God's goodness in my life. So my situation would have been utterly hopeless unless I had fed myself and believed the truth that God's goodness is going to be manifest in my life. So, th so that. For, to me, it's just such a practical um, example of what we need to be doing. In, our, in the midst of circumstances that are tough, in the midst of trials, we need to be, be taking on these truths and declaring over ourselves, believing that God is good. Being very careful about what we take into our minds, what we feed ourselves on. And sharing a really personal story, actually, that I haven't told very many people, um, so I thought, why not tell on a Sunday morning? <laughs> yeah, I just felt like this is my own journey of, of this example. It begins last summer, so it was around May time. I um, had had a cough for quite a long time and had had recurrent sore throats. So I waited a few months, as you do, before going to the GP. And by June, I was in the GP and... Um, Ended up there for quite a while, having quite a few different, they were like feeling my throat, checking out things, and the GP was a bit worried. And within two weeks, I found myself 
um, sat in the waiting room of the oncology ward at the hospital then, I forget to. Um, and it was as I was sitting in this ward, you know, because I, I had, I've not been one either, so it's just annoying, I've just got this cough. But it was as I sat in the oncology ward, and I looked around, and I was like, I'm surrounded by really sick people. And I started to, to be a bit fearful about, about what might be wrong with me. Um, my dad is a palliative care doctor, so he is very aware of, um, yeah, of, of suffering and dying and of cancer. And my dad was quite worried, which then made me more worried. So my circumstances all felt, all felt a bit worried. I had to have a biopsy, I had to have um, a few different tests. And in that time, my situation felt very, very scary. And so I had to choose exactly how I was going to respond. And, you know, I remember somebody once talking about um, every situation we need to see through the, the lens of heaven. So every situation is an opportunity to see the goodness of God, to see an upgrade in God's, uh, my knowledge and expectation of God in my life. So I was like, okay, I'm going to give this a shot. I'm going to, going to try this out. So this situation I'm in is, is an opportunity for God's goodness to come and manifest. But I had to be so careful on what I fed myself on. So for, for about two solid months, I didn't listen to any music apart from worship music. I didn't um, read any books apart from the Bible. I was really careful about who I spoke to, who I communicated with, because I was had to be so careful about what I let come into my mind, because I wanted to stay focused on the fact that God is good. I didn't want anything to make me believe anything different or any doubt to get into my mind. And you know, it was a really, really tough time. It was two months of, of not knowing. Um, but actually, it was such a beautiful time because I got to experience God in a whole new way than I ever had before. And I really did get to see his goodness, experience his presence. And it was July, and end of July, before I went for an appointment um, to, to get the results and find out that there was no cancer, no anything, and I was totally fine and I just didn't know what it was. Um, so, yeah, and by then my cough had gone. So I was fine, and I was totally fine. And, and maybe all of that, there was no reason to all of that. But actually, in that really, really tough time, I got to see God's goodness and experience God's goodness. But yes, there's also times when things don't work out, when things when maybe it is cancer, when maybe people do get sick. So what, how do we respond in those circumstances? How do we respond um, in that moment? And I believe as we, as we talked about before, that in heaven there's going to be no sickness, there's going to be no pain, there's going to be no disappointment. So actually it's only now, it's only when we're on earth that we have an opportunity to give God an offering of praise and worship out of that place of pain and disappointment and frustration. It's something you won't ever get to give God in heaven. You only get to give that to him now. So only on earth do we get to choose to worship God even in the hard times. And going back to Jesus and what he looked like. Jesus healed every sick person who came to him. Yeah, there might still be sick people in the world, but everybody who came to him was healed. So that has to be my theology. That has to be um, what I believe. So I'm going to focus on what God is doing, not what he's not doing. 
And yeah, there's still lots I don't know, still lots I don't understand, but I do believe that he's 100% a good father who has good things for us. And Romans 8 verse 28 says, we, um, and we know that in all, good, all, all things God works for the good of those who love him. He works all things together for our good. So that means in the end it's going to be good. So I heard someone say once, if it's not good, it's because it's not the end. So in the moment, in this moment of trial, in the moment, um, we get to choose to believe that God is good, to feed ourselves on that truth and to give an offering out of pain and out of um, confusion and give hope. And we get to live with crazy optimism, expecting the miraculous, expecting the impossible. So God's goodness is in us and it's for us to experience but God's goodness is in us also to, to go from us. It's for other people. It's, um, yeah, to be leaking out of us. So God's nature is good. Going back to his character, his nature is good. So we foundationally believe that God is good. God is good, the devil is bad. So only good things come from God. You know, people might think God makes bad things happen or um, God made this person sick. I don't believe that because God is good. He can't give... Um, anything bad. He can only give good things. It's not saying he doesn't allow things to happen to us sometimes um, because he knows what we can manage, he knows what we can handle and he knows how we're going to be in that circumstances and sometimes like even in my experience last summer I look back at that and it it's, it's weird because it was a really really tough time but I look back at that and, and feel really blessed that I was able to come through that and, and grow in my relationship with God. But God can never give sickness because that would be a divided kingdom. See, Jesus, when he died on the cross, yes, he died for our sins, but he also died for sickness. He died for everything that was going to separate us from the Father. So if he died to pay a price for something that he was then going to give us, that's completely illogical. <coughs> but the devil is trying to rob us of this belief that God is good and to doubt his goodness. And God, who is all-powerful, who's able to do all things, it would be inconsistent with his nature if he didn't heal. If God is unlimited in love and has a love for people, a love for everyone, it would be inconsistent with his nature if he didn't heal and show God's love. So we need to be expected for these miracles. And looking again at the life of Jesus, so Jesus was a healer. This is one where he practically demonstrated the goodness of God. And there's so many stories I could read from the New Testament because Jesus was constantly healing people. Um, but I'm just going to read a few verses from Matthew 8, um, verse 14, which says, um, When Jesus came into Peter's house, he saw Peter's mother-in-law lying in bed with a fever. He touched her hand and the fever left her, and she got up and began to wait on him. When evening came, many who were demon-possessed were brought to him. They drove out the spirits with the word, word, and he healed all the sick. So that's he healed all the sick who came to him. This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. He took up our infirmities and bore our diseases. And just a bit further on in Matthew 9, verse 35, it says, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. So in both these examples, the, the um, writer uses those words all and every. So that has to be our standard. 
that Jesus healed all the sick who came to him. He healed every disease and sickness. Not just the headaches, not just your sore thumb, but he healed cancer. He healed those who were demon-possessed. He healed people with fevers. And if we're experiencing God's goodness in us, in our own circumstances, it would be selfish of us to keep that for ourselves. His goodness is for us, but his goodness is to go from us. And if we really believe that, if we really believed he was that good, why are we not praying for the sick? Why are we not praying for every sick person who comes to us? I'm asking myself these same questions. Why am I not praying for every sick person who I meet? Why am I not expecting these people around me to be healed? And, yeah, God's goodness is yet yeah, supposed to be flowing from us, flowing freely. And in Psalms 23, verse 6, it says, Surely your goodness and love follow me all the days of my life. And again, I did a bit of a word study, and the word follow translates as to pursue. So it actually means that God's goodness is chasing you down. And it, like, it's going to catch you, because you can't outrun it. So it's inevitable. You're being pursued by God's goodness. So it's going to catch you for you. But it also means if God's goodness is following you and pursuing you, it means that everywhere you go, you're leaving a trail of God's goodness. So we should be leaving a trail of destruction for the enemy because we should be leaving a trail of healing and of miracles everywhere we go. We're not pursuing miracles, but we're pursuing God. This is God's character. This is who he is. So what if we instead looked at sickness as an inevitability that it was going to get healed? It's just a matter of time. It's going to get healed. There's a, a church in Northern Ireland where they, they um, share testimonies every week. We talked about it before, every week of what God is doing. And nobody's allowed to bring a testimony that's more than a week old. Why don't we become that church? Why don't we become a church where every week we have miracles of who was healed this week, this day, this service? And actually it's these miracles, it's these healings which is going to change the nation. So it, later on in Matthew, Jesus is, is speaking to one of the cities, and he's, um, yeah, he's, he's almost saying to them, or he's saying, what's going on? You've seen all these things, but yet you don't believe. And he says, well, if the miracles that were performed in you had been performed in Sodom, it would have remained to this day. So actually he's saying a city, so the city of Sodom was so um, immoral, you know, that it was, it was destroyed by God. But he's saying if, if they had seen those things, they would have repented and they would have changed. So that shows us that these miracles are a sign for our generation, are a sign for our world of God's goodness, are a sign that's going to make people turn and repent and experience Jesus. We can live in this city, in this country, and, and be overwhelmed by the hopeless situations or by the evil we're seeing. But yet what are we doing about it? We should be living this life of miracles for the world to see. Of, of healing, of hope, and actually it's these miracles, it's these healings and this hope that's going to change the way people think and, and let people see just how good God is. The, the Bible says that it's his kindness that leads to repentance, so when they experience his nature, they experience who he is, his kindness, his goodness, that's what's going to turn people's hearts. Because the word repentance doesn't just mean to turn from your sin, it means to change the way you think. So actually, this knowledge is going to change the way the world thinks. And it's we have it inside of us. 
That is our challenge. We can't keep it selfish for us to keep it to ourselves. We have to be sharing it, this with the world around us, representing who he is. So we get to step in and experience God's goodness. And it's goodness for us. So we're going to have hopes. I don't know what you're facing today, what you're going to face next week, what circumstances coming up. But actually, you can have a crazy level of optimism that God is good. But that takes discipline to feed ourselves on the truth of who God is, to be careful what's going into our minds as we believe just the voice of God in our circumstances and then just wait to see the miracles unfold. There's a song that says, Be still, my soul, and watch your triumph unfold because God is moving. So actually our, our souls can be at, at peace, our spirits can be at peace knowing that, that God is good and he's fighting on my behalf. So God's goodness is for us. That God's goodness is to go from us. We cannot keep this to ourselves. We need to be leaving a trail of miracles everywhere we go, of healing, of, of um, provision, of the miraculous. So that's what I want to do today. Like, let's not just talk about it. Let's actually do it. And today I really want to pray for healing. I want to pray for those situations. Anything right now that's going on in your life that feels... Um, utterly hopeless and it feels dis you could despair unless you believe God is good we want to pray for that today and we want to declare over you the truth of who God is and stand with you as you're feeding yourself on the truth of who God is and we want to pray for healing we want to pray for those circumstances which feel impossible so um, I asked a couple of people if they could come up because what we'd like to do is um, just have some words of knowledge so this is not anything um, fancy, and it's something we can all do, but I just, um, so Lorraine and Ruth and Steve, um, you don't have to come up. Um, so we just, we've all been praying and thinking and asking God, God, what do you, what are you highlighting? What do you want to heal today? What is specific that you want to heal today? Because God is always healing, and God is always moving, um, but also sometimes there's specific things he wants to highlight to us. And... Um, the big one I want to pray for today is I want to pray for cancer. So I don't know if there's anybody here who has um, cancer in their own body or there's family member or close friends. We want to pray with you and stand with you and declare over that situation that God is good and we're going to see healing because we believe the miraculous. So yeah, do you want to share? Sure. Um, so we didn't have anything that we were going to First is migraines. Um, and suffers with migraines. I've actually personally been healed of having migraines. So, um, yeah, walking testimony. Um, the second thing is um, I've kind of woken up with a bit of a random pain in my right hand, and I know I've actually already prayed for someone with pain in their hand, but just wanted to throw it out there in case there's someone else with pain in the right hand, sort of in the middle there on the top. Um, and the other thing was right ankle, clicky or sore right ankle. Okay, so actually I also got migraines too. I was suffering from migraine. Um, the second thing was I felt neck kind of like um, tense or um, stiff neck could be stress related. Um, and then the, I actually got therapy as well, which is um, it was more of an emotional thing. So anyone who's just suffering from extreme loneliness and just feel kind of like at their wit's end, they just feel so lonely. 
and their heart rate is aching. Um, so migraine, neck, loneliness, um, So the last few days, I've been hearing of stories of people's <coughs> house have come through, whether they've sold a house, uh, they've suddenly, uh, after years of so both mum and dad have had their house on the market for four years, it feels like. And uh, this week they've, they've sold their house and I keep passing people having conversations about their house being sold and I, uh, I just felt like there was something for today for some people that uh, either you're wanting, uh, can I say like a breakthrough in your housing situation or you're wanting to, you're, you're thinking about moving, or there's a house sale, which is just, it's a bit sticky, it's got a bit stuck. Um, uh, the, the other thing is uh, neck pain, uh, just as I came in, in, in here, I just had like, quite bad neck pain at the top, so if anyone here's got, got neck pain. Um, and uh, just, there was things about, you're worried about your future health. You, you're not sick now, there's no pain now, but you're just, in your mind, you're thinking, you're worried about, you're going to get ill, you're going to, and there's some doubt creeping in, there's some lies that you're starting to uh, maybe partner with or agree with that, I would love to pray for you. So if any of those things apply to you, um, I'm going to throw in just as well, or if there's a, an impossible situation you're facing, that, that wasn't mentioned, or some sickness that wasn't mentioned, okay. Can I ask you to stand up? And the thing is, is we're all anointed to heal, and we are, God is good, and God's goodness is in all of us, and so every single one of us has um, God's power in us to pray for healing, and to pray for these circumstances. So what I'd like you to do is, if, if everybody who's standing, go and, go and find somebody who's standing and we're going to pray all together and just take, you know, 30 seconds to hear from them what that situation is. So let's not dwell on what the situation is. Let's not get in despair about that. We just need to know what it is. Um, the, Bill Johnson says he just needs to look at the devil long enough to pull the trigger. So let's not focus on, on that circumstance. But let's go straight in and just pray. Um, and so, and, and let's, I would challenge you to make declarations to pray from this place and declare healing and declare breakthrough and, and, and God's goodness. So yeah, let's take a few minutes to do that now. 